This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, November 26, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. We hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving yesterday, and now we get to look ahead to the game tomorrow, Jay Book. Buckeyes at Wolverines, high noon. Buckeyes favored by eight and a half. Who wins this game and why, Jay Book? Dave, right before we started this call, I watched the Ohio State hype video and it got it got my blood flowing early this morning, so I'm fired up for this call to talk talk about this game. And I I'm I'm going into this game feeling really confident. I think this Ohio State offense is absolutely on fire. A lot of people like to point out the defense and the defensive issues, the national analysts. But if you look at what Ohio State has been doing over the last six weeks, they're only giving up nine points per game in the first half whereas Ohio State's offense is scoring about 37. So a, a lot of the numbers on the defensive side are misleading because they absolutely cause off the dogs. And at that point, they're pretty much in the prevent defense where teams are allowed to get, you know, get some, some cheap yards after the game is out of hand. But this game right here is going to come down to the trenches on both sides of the football. Can the Ohio State defensive line get after Kay McNamara? I think they can. And then, obviously, you have the two outstanding defensive ends on Michigan's part. I'm tired of hearing about those guys. That's all you've been hearing from the Michigan side and analysts saying, well, if Michigan has a chance, they're going to need to get pressure. They're going to need to get home. Those defensive ends are going to have to play out of this world. It's time for the Ohio State tackles to show why they are considered the best duo in all of college football. Stand up, lock that base and give your quarterback the time that he needs. And if he can do that, Ohio State's offense is going to be prime ready for an absolute drumming up there in Ann Arbor. Yeah, I think maybe, you know, now hopefully Ohio State just starts fast like they have against Purdue and Michigan State the last two weeks where they could just do whatever they wanted, whatever they wanted in the first half. Um, This Michigan defense, though, is better than anything Ohio State has seen. So I think they might start somewhat slow for their standards, but I do not see this Michigan defense as good as they are I don't think they're great. I think they are good, better than I thought they'd be. Over 60 minutes, I just don't see them hanging with this Ohio State team. There's just too much firepower. I'm convinced. I know people don't like when I say things like, this is the best in Ohio State history. I don't care. This is the best offense in Ohio State history. I think it's better than 1995, 2013. We can throw certain years out there. uh, And some recent years with Justin Fields as well. I think this is the best offense Ohio State's ever had. And this is a good but not great Michigan defense. Michigan's... Their schedule has been very soft. When you go back and look at their schedule, I know you know this. For the listeners that don't know, 
Michigan's had a very soft schedule up to this point. Now, they did beat Wisconsin and beat them handily, but back then that was a different Wisconsin team. Kind of like playing Ohio State in week two as opposed to Ohio playing Ohio State right now. Um, that was a different Wisconsin team. So I, I will say Michigan got a good win there. But, man, I just don't see this Michigan defense hanging with Ohio State for 60 minutes, Jay Book. Yeah, and the thing that, I was being, that I've been saying all week is make this Michigan team uncomfortable. They are a front-running team. Their offense is a dink-and-dunk offense with Kay McNamara. You look at that first half against Maryland. I mean, even against Maryland, this guy was averaging like four yards a throw, uh, or I'm sorry, four yards per completion. So it's a dink-and-dunk offense. And when I say start to make them feel uncomfortable is if you can jump out on them, you're going to force them to have to throw the football down the field. And if they're having to throw the football down the field, that is something that those guys are not uh, comfortable with because you're going to have to abandon that run game. Jim wants to do three yards in the cloud of dust, dump it off to the tight ends, short passes to get the ball out of Kay's hand because he can um, he can throw it up for grabs. You know, he's he's been pretty solid this year, but if you're forcing them to stretch the field in order to try to come back, that's when you start making them get out of their comfort zone. So my my thing is, Dave, is if you win the toss, take the football, because if you can jump out early, seven nothing, your defense turns around, gets a quick stop. Boom. The offense is in prime position right now to hit them with with some body blows by going up 14 nothing. If you're up 14 nothing right now on Michigan, then you're taking away that run game. You're forcing them to panic a little bit because they know that if they don't answer, they're going to start pressing because if they don't answer that Ohio State offense is right to try to run away with this ball game. I agree. If Ohio State gets up two scores early, I mean, they could end up running away with this because Michigan does not react well when they get punched in the mouth. I mean, I go back to that. I've watched them a lot this year. I go back to that Rutgers game. They were beating the brakes off Rutgers in the first half. Then Rutgers came back on them and made that a game. And Rutgers almost put that game into overtime and uh, gave Michigan a heck of a fight because that was the first time Michigan really got punched in the face this year, and they did not handle it well. Same thing against Michigan State. They ended up losing that game. So, yeah, if Ohio State can get up on them two scores early, that's going to spell disaster for Michigan. All right, let's give our score prediction. Buckeyes, like I said, favored by 8.5. It opened at 7.5, uh, so the money's going toward the Buckeyes. What's your final score prediction, Jay Book? Yeah, I have it. Uh, you know, I've been going back and forth here. Is it going to be a tight win? Is it going to be a game where you see Ohio State pull away? I don't see a Michigan State type of blowout here. Um, that's just not the way the game typically goes um, as far as just absolutely blanketing them. So I have Ohio State winning this game 41-24. I just think the offense, you know, they wake up out of bed and they can score 40 points. And, and to me, the key here is going to be Travion Henderson. He's going to be the X factor because I truly believe Michigan, they're going to try to do everything that they can to try to limit this passing offense. And how do you do that? You're going to have to go to a too high safety look, which at that point you're going to have to start pulling guys out of the box. And that's when Travion Henderson can start doing his damage. Michigan's two weakest spots on their defense are their defensive tackles. If Ohio State can start gashing them, for five, six yards a pop, then they're going to have to start bringing guys down into the box. And once they start bringing down guys into the box, you're talking about leaving the three best wide receivers in college football one-on-one. -on -one, and that's when Ohio State will absolutely go to work. And a lot of people, you know, they look at this passing attack. But if you look at the last two games where uh, Ryan Day has been the play caller in this, he's very patient. 
with running the football. The last time they saw each other, uh, Dobbins and, and, and Teague and them, between the two of them, they had about 50 carries. If you look at the, the, the game prior to that in 2018, the running backs had 36 carries. So he's not afraid to rely on the running game in order to set up the pass here. And I think that's going to be a similar situation here. And one thing before, you know, we move on, I will take a page out of the Michigan State book, tempo those guys to death. Yes. McDonald had a, he had a hard time getting the calls in, getting personnel on the field because Michigan State found something there where if you start tempoing those guys and not substituting on offense, they will have issues there with communication. Make them have to make split decisions against this offense. And if they can do that, I think that's a, a, another way to really get those guys off, uh, off their balance there. And I have no doubt Ryan Day is going to do that. Tempo is going to be a big part of this game. And he, you know, every week Ohio State uses some tempo. I think it's going to be a much bigger part of the offense tomorrow in Ann Arbor. Um, I have no doubt because you're right. I mean, that was a huge part of Michigan State coming back on them was Michigan did not deal well with the tempo at all. They were getting, you know, 12 men on the field or when they didn't get a penalty, they weren't set. And Michigan State was just, you know, doing whatever they wanted there late in that game. So, uh, yeah, I think tempo is going to be a big part of this attack for Ohio State offensively. Our scores are similar. Last week it wasn't, but this week it is. I have Ohio State winning this game 42-27. to 27. You have 41-24. Uh, you know, again, I think it might be might, there might be some nervous moments uh, in the first half, but I think Ohio State's going to pull away in the second half. Hopefully it's just a blowout and there's no, there's no nerves involved. Hopefully we're, like, basically celebrating at halftime. But I do expect a tighter game this year than it's been recently. Uh, so I have Ohio State 42, Michigan 27. I just don't think this Michigan secondary, I think Dax Hill's pretty good. I don't know how they're going to hang with this, these, these three Ohio state receivers. I think Ruckert might be more involved than usual. And you know, Ryan Day has been saving some plays. I think Travion Henderson out of the backfield, there's going to be some plays we haven't seen on both sides. Of course, Michigan's been saving some stuff too, I'm sure. But um, Ryan Day, man, he's like a mad scientist in there. I think the Buckeyes, um, I think they're going to get the job done and quite comfortably tomorrow. All right. Now, if Harbaugh loses this game, Jay Buck, he's going to be 10 and two this season. But the two will be against Michigan State and Ohio State. I mean, what, what do they do with him if he loses this game tomorrow? They, they can't fire him, right? Or what, what, what do you think they'll they do? Probably, they'll probably sign him to a, a new extension. I mean, <laughs> 10, 10, games, 10 games is pretty much the ceiling for that program. And for them, they're just happy to be in the mix. Um, you know, they're, they're in contention. They're a top five team in November. So for them, this is gravy. Uh, obviously, they, they want to win this game because there's so much at stake here. But the fact that the program, you know, pretty much waved the white flag last year, they didn't even know Jim Harbaugh was going to be back and be fired. But you have to give him credit. He's probably found something with this younger coaching staff. He was able to really motivate these guys. I was super skeptical going into the season about how good they were going to be with the complete coaching turnover and they've done a pretty good job so for them having a five-star quarterback in JJ coming coming back for the next several years I just think that they see an opportunity for him to build on this speaking of coaches in the state of Michigan our guy Mel Tucker 10 years 95 million guaranteed 95 million guaranteed Ryan Day must see this and say ha, 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 that sounds good to me if you're going to pay Mel Tucker $9.5 million a year. You're going to need to give me at least $10 million a year. And I don't think Ryan Day's in it for the money, but his agent would be crazy not to use this for his advantage. And not just Mel. You look at the deal that James Franklin signed. I'm pretty sure when LSU hires their coach, 
USC is going to be monster deals. But the, the thing that Michigan State is trying to do is they want to take that next step. And it's, to me, it's good to see in the Big Ten because how many times have we been, uh, you know, talking and felt like Ohio State was somewhat on an island when it came to programs that were completely all in when it came to the Big Ten football. And basically, Mel uh, went, to the, went to the boosters, and his contract is privately funded. This is all done by private boosters here. So the school is not necessarily on the hook for this contract. It's the billionaire boosters who has decided to play NFL owners with a college football team similar to Phil Knight and T. Boom Pickens down at Oklahoma State. So the boosters are, are ponying up this dollar. They're going to uh, have a significant pool of resources for uh, the assistant coaches, support staff, facility upgrades. So this right here is saying that Michigan State has decided to uh, go all in on their football program to try to get try to take them to the next step. And listening to some of the radio up there in that area, they said this move right here is not about Michigan. Uh, because in their eyes, they're, they're a better program than Michigan. But this move here is to catch Ohio State in order to try to close the gap against Ohio State, which obviously we've seen is, is uh, blown wide open. But in order to try to catch them, you got to be able to retain staff. You got to be able to recruit at a high level. You got to have, uh, you know, top-notch facilities in the Big Ten. And so for them, they are, they are, trusting male to take them to that next step. Can he do it? I don't know. I don't know how much of lightning in a bottle uh, it was getting Walker out of the transfer portal. There's some speculation that the Wisconsin running back uh, who transferred has been eyeing him. He's been recently up on campus. And if you listen to Mayo, it's going to be another completely roster turnover. So he's expecting to hit the portal harder this year. Uh, once again, getting another potentially 20 to 30 guys. So he's completely flipping D'Antonio's roster. The worry that I will have is if you're tapping in so aggressive into the transfer portal, at some point you have to start getting your own recruits and your own guys and developing them from younger 18-year-olds into the program because you can't sustain uh, so much roster turnover just from the transfer portal. But from what I've been hearing, what I've been reading, uh, there's a lot of guys up there that Mel thinks are not Big Ten caliber players. They should be playing in the MAC somewhere. And he's going to have those tough conversations with them towards the latter end of D'Antonio's career there, recruiting pretty much fell off a cliff. D'Antonio just refused to recruit. They got lazy. Heck, they had Jim Bowman up there as one of their top recruiters. And Ohio State fans remember Jim Bowman and, and how terrible he was as a recruiter. So they have a lot of roster turnover there. But for them, if, it's, if the school is not on the hook and Mel's getting paid that big money, then to me, Ryan Day should be commanding something much, much higher. But Gene Smith, he, he's kind of a fiscal conservative when it comes to the coaching salaries. He's always said that he doesn't want to be the one to assess the market or leads the market there. So I suspect they're going to take care of Ryan Day. They're going to take care of the coaching staff. They have no doubt about I have no doubt about it that Gene will take care of those guys. But I don't know how much higher he's going to go because at some point, these coaching salaries is going to be a balloon is going to pop because, you know, you look at the, the openings right now 
across college football and just among the coaching payouts, it's like $80 million between USC and Florida and LSU with Ed's deal. Uh, so it, it's going to be something that a lot of these schools tap into private donors in order to uh, get these deals done. But whatever Gene has to do to make sure he locks Ryan Dea. If, I, I say this before we move on, Dave. If James Franklin can get a 10-year deal, Ryan Day absolutely deserves a 10-year contract here. Yeah, 10 years, 100 million sounds about right to me. I mean, you know, as many years and more money. James Franklin's deal was 10 years for 75 million. As we mentioned, Mel Tucker, 10 years, 95 million. So Mel getting 2 million more per year than James Franklin. And that makes sense to me right now. I mean, Mel Tucker's doing good things with that Michigan State program where Penn State's kind of stagnant. We'll see what happens there. Last thing, we got some Big Ten football today at 1.30, Iowa at Nebraska. It's interesting. Now, if Iowa wins this game today, and Minnesota upsets Wisconsin tomorrow in Minneapolis, Iowa will be champs. Now, Iowa is actually an underdog today to Nebraska, who always loses by one score. Well, I guess to Ohio State it was nine points. So they always lose by single digits, I should say. Um, now, Iowa is one-point underdog, and Wisconsin is favored by seven over Minnesota tomorrow. But I'm kind of hoping Iowa wins and Minnesota wins. So there's a little fresh blood in the Big Ten championship game if Ohio State makes it. I'm rooting for Iowa. <laughs> I was I – was- thinking the exact same thing I was like I hope Ohio State you know can obviously pull off the Michigan game but I would love to see a new team in the Big Ten Championship we've seen Wisconsin numerous times now uh but yeah this this game here it's going to be an ugly game I I believe both quarterbacks are out for Nebraska and Iowa so if you're a betting person that under I wouldn't be surprised if that under doesn't go over 20, 25 points. I think is at 42 right now. Uh, but with both quarterbacks out of this game here, it, it's a toss-up. I mean, you you never know what you're going to get from the backups there. Nebraska's backup quarterback came in, um, you know, last week, and he wasn't too sharp. Same with Iowa. Uh, but, yeah, I hope Iowa can pull this out. Minnesota, it's going to be tough sledding for them. If I had to pick that game, I think uh, Wisconsin will win it because they're playing some of their best football right now. But in that rivalry, you never know. There's a lot of state. Those kids, they play on emotions here. I'm sure P.J. Fleck will have those guys fired up, ready to go. But, yeah, I would love to see Iowa get to the Big Ten Championship. I couldn't imagine Ohio State matched up against uh, that Iowa team on a fast track because Iowa, they are extremely, extremely slow. You know, solid fundamentals. But when it comes to foot speed and spreading those spreading those guys out, I think that would be kind of hilarious to see on TV in the Big Ten Championship. Great stuff, as always, from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book. And thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in to the show. We appreciate that very much as well. Enjoy the leftovers today, Bucknutters. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Go Bucks tomorrow. Let's hear that Buckeye swag. Best damn band in the land. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 